0: In this episode of Scaling Postgres, we talk about PGCon, Tips, PostGIS, and Strings. I'm Kristen Jamieson, and this is Scaling Postgres, episode 67. All right, I hope you're having a great week. So our first set of content is actually A lot of videos have been posted to the PGCon YouTube channel. So I believe this is PGCon that happened in Ottawa, Canada. And it appears there have been 33 or so videos that have been uploaded so far. So definitely a lot of content this week. I haven't had the opportunity to look at any of these yet, um, but I definitely will be doing that over the next number of weeks. So definitely plenty of content if you're interested in Postgres uh, with this channel. The next set of content is even more videos. So uh, there was apparently an event called uh, Percona Live in Austin, Texas. So they have posted a number of videos. Uh, some, Some of the more recent ones aren't necessarily PostgreSQL related, but a fair number of the ones in and around this event have been posted. I have watched Z-heap the next generation storage engine for Postgres because I'm super interested in that cuz I think that has huge performance uh, benefits potentially with the pluggable storage architecture and using Z-heap kind of using an undo kind of the way Oracle does it. So I'm definitely keeping track of that. They say that they plan to release it around Postgresql 13 or that's the objective for version 1 and then a version 2 with additional enhancements following on, Uh, but definitely interested in keeping track of that. But some more videos for you to check out. The next post is actually a third presentation that has a YouTube video with it. Uh, So this was put on by EDB Postgres by Bruce Mongian, and it's titled, Exploring Postgres Tips and Tricks. So it covers six different areas and has 15 different points of reference, so basically, Um, hardware, things to take into account there, the internals of how PostgreSQL works, some different things to do in terms of monitoring, uh, some configuration considerations, how to use some particular features of SQL, and of course talking a little bit about clients and of course PSQL. So this is the presentation and he basically just has references that go back as far as 2009 it appears, uh, talking about the different issues and then the video Uh, with the presentation occurs here. It's uh, only about 35 or 37 minutes of content. So if you kind of want a little bit of a deep dive into some tips and tricks with Postgres in terms of its operation, definitely an interesting video to check out. The next post is Parallel PostGIS in PgSQL 12. Now this post is a follow on to one that uh, was mentioned last week. and he's talking about the automagical parallelization of many common spatial queries. And in this post, he actually does some performance checks. So he, uh, as he states here, acquired a 16-core machine on AWS, an m5d.4xlarge, and installed uh, the development uh, snapshots of PostgreSQL and PostGIS, so versions 12 and three. He configured the workers to use um, 16 in all cases. Normally you would put the gather a little bit lower, but I guess he he definitely wanted to get all of the cores being used for a particular queries he was testing. And he shows some of the performance for the uh, different summarizations of two different tables with a number of different polygons and points. And you can see that it definitely improves in performance as it goes down, but it definitely trails off pretty quickly. Like for example, he has this representation of scan time versus the number of workers used. And when he was using one worker, it took 318. Going down to four, essentially the four workers drops it by a third. But then when he goes from four to eight, it drops it by less than half. So you definitely have diminishing returns here. So it's not just throwing cores on it will magically make everything super, super fast in parallel. At least with these development versions that he's using maybe there's more optimization that uh, needs to be done and then looking at join performance he saw about the same thing you do have uh, some quick benefits some quick gains going from uh, say one to four and even a little bit down to six but then once you hit eight it's pretty much diminishing returns you don't you don't get double the performance for doubling the workers clearly because it goes from five seconds down to four seconds so you do get a benefit but it's it's not very much and of course his conclusions are there's a limit to how much advantage adding workers to a plan will gain you and also uh, the limit feels intuitively lower than i expected giving the cpu intensity of the workloads so if you're interested in using post and want to look at some performance benchmarks definitely a blog post to check out the next post is beautiful things strings and this is from second quadrant and this is a post all about using strings with PostgreSQL. So they talk off talking about the different character types, character uh, varying, essentially their care, uh, character, as well as text, and how most people usually just use text unless you're wanting to actually limit how much you want a text string to contain. And then they go into pattern matching using like and I like, as well as similar to, and showing you all the different ways you can manipulate text, then going into regular expressions, as well as using specific functions for working with strings, such as substring, regex replace, and some others. So if you want to learn a bit more about how PostgreSQL uses strings, definitely blog post to check out. The next post is the contributors team. And this is from the Robert Haas blog. And in it, he's talking about, uh, quote, recently the PostgreSQL project spun up a contributors team whose mission is to ensure that the PostgreSQL contributors list is up-to-date and fair. So this is basically information about uh, the management of the PostgreSQL project and how they're wanting to get a contributors list more up-to-date and fair, representing everybody who helps contribute to PostgreSQL. So if you want to get insight into how uh, this new contributors list is going to be set up and working as well as insight to how the PostgreSQL project is managed, definitely a blog post I encourage you to check out. The next post is indexes in PostgreSQL. uh, 9. Brin. So this is from Haber.com. And again, I believe the original post as we've seen some of these from Haber is from the postgrespro.ru site, which is in Russian. So, and we've talked about numerous different posts on indexes and this one talks about the BRIN index. So as we've discussed before, this is great if you have basically the physical layout of the data on the disk closely matches how you want to query it. So if you have, if it's by primary key and you query by primary key a BRIN index, could get you a lot of storage savings, how it's constructed. So if you're wanting to get super in-depth with exactly how the BRIN index works and how it's set up and used, definitely a very comprehensive blog post to check out. The next post is PostgreSQL incremental backup and point-in-time recovery. And this is from the pg-io blog, and they're talking about how to get an incremental backup and point-in-time recovery setup. So if you're still just doing, doing a logical backup with PG Dump, this blog post basically walks you through how to set up the wall archiving and doing a backup and a point-in-time recovery. Now, this is a test, text-based version, but I did do a tutorial uh, a little while ago that talks about a uh, PostgreSQL backup and point-in-time recovery through a video tutorial. So if you wanted to check out this tutorial, I'll include a link in the description. It's basically in the tutorial section of Scaling Postgres. The next post is how to optimize PostgreSQL logical replication. And this is from the severalnines.com blog. So basically, they go over how logical replication works. It basically logically replicates one table to another table, to another database system. And they talk about some of the different configuration parameters you can adjust and how to tune them. So, it's a pretty short post, but if you want to get logical replication set up, definitely a blog post to check out. The last post is Power 4 Changes in Power Archivist. So, this is from our juju.github.io. And this post is the next in the series of Power 4 beta posts. And he's talking about changes done in the Power Archivist. So, if you use Power or if you want to potentially consider using it, definitely a blog post to check out to see what's coming in version four. That does it for this episode of Scaling Postgres. You can get links to all the content mentioned in the show notes. Be sure to head over to scalingpostgres.com where you can sign up to receive weekly notifications of each episode, or you could subscribe via YouTube or iTunes. Thanks.